but it makes it um, a little bit easier to fix these issues. And at times it, it is really frustrating at times when you can't figure out what's going on, but that moment that it like clicks and you realize it, and then you know going forward is feels like a really special moment for me. You know, it's that I'm always on the quest for acquiring more knowledge. So it's like that feeling of that you now know something that you didn't before. Today in Inboxing, Megan Bushhausen, Senior Email Developer at Pathwire. Welcome back to another episode of Inboxing. I'm your host, Hillel Berg. Uh, Inboxing is brought to you by the great people at OnGage. OnGage is a fantastic platform which will allow you to do uh, fantastic email marketing because what it allows you to do is really incorporate data into almost everything you do. Really, you take any data point and a very simple, easy to use interface. So everyone check out OnGage and that's my recommendation for today. And today we have a guest. Um, and she's a great guest. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of fun talking. We just did. But we're gonna be talking about email. And that's the topic of the show, always. Um, and email development and her story uh, from, uh, whatever, I'll let her tell it. Basically, we're talking about Megan Bushhausen. I think I said that right. We'll find out in a second. But um, it doesn't really matter. We'll just call her Meg, Meg Bosch. Uh, it's her Twitter handle. And she's uh, been, you know, really just came out of the woodwork uh, into the scene of uh, email development. And uh, she recently spoke at the Unspam conference in uh, Greenboro, North Carolina, if I'm getting all my facts straight. And uh, she spoke about accessibility and uh, we'll hopefully get some of the highlights of that talk, but we'll probably get a lot more than that. So without any further ado, please welcome, I know we have at least two people watching. So please welcome Megan Bushhausen. Hi. Megan, you said my last name right. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank uh, you for having me. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we'll jump right in. And yeah. uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about yourself, your background, and how did you get into email? Yeah. So I actually started off back in the graphic design world. For a very long time, throughout most of my design career, I've kind of flirted at the edges of email um, with it being kind of something I did, but not my total responsibilities. I designed my first email actually back in 2008, where it was in a Photoshop file, and I just sent it off to developers to put together and send out. So I had no idea what happened after that. I remember this particular project being in an internship. And it was the first piece I ever designed where I got it back and was told to completely redo it, which was an interesting experience for me. And it was at a company called Student Advantage that doesn't exist anymore. They did discounts for college students. And it was for Amtrak, which I thought was really cool at the time. You could get discounts on your Amtrak tickets to go on a train and go off somewhere for, you know, Labor Day or whatever. So that was my first email. Super fun. From there, I made a lot of image-only emails slicing them, putting them in, you know, coding them up, checking them in Gmail uh, around 2010, not understanding why there were huge gaps between my cable cells. It decided I hated email. I wanted nothing to do with it. I never wanted to develop for email through my graphic job that I had for a couple. I just do full images, put SP we use, sent them out that way. It's fit, it's email. And then happened. So in 2007, 
2018, I won, was helping run a children's publishing house called Press, where I was handling a lot of the design, like website, email, that sort of thing. And I started seeing an email how it was uh, boosting our sales. And I started realizing that maybe email wasn't so bad after all, and that I personally like had a knack for it and could understand a little bit how it worked and how it could help us. Um, and I got a job at my previous position at the Harold Grinspoon Foundation, which is doing um, blog posts and email. And I initially took that job because I wanted to do a lot of the web stuff. And when I took the position, the discussion was that it was two positions in one and I'd grow in one area. And when it became too much for me to handle it all, we'd hire the other position. So I took it. I said, okay, I'm going to do both, whatever email, whatever. I'll grow on the website. Um, Like I created their blog styles and all that. I was like, I'll grow on that side, get back to some coding. um, And then we'll hire an email marketing specialist. And that's not what happened. Um, (laughs) Well, at the foundation, I started getting into the emails. I think I started getting addicted when I took one email that had like a very low open rate, very low click-through rate. And I decided it was just like this monthly email. I decided to totally redo it. I was just like, I'm going to redo this. This These stats are terrible. And like right away, I saw like a increase, like quadruple percentage increase in the click-through on this email. So I was like, oh, okay, I understand this. Um, and in that same time span, like I started going to conferences, I found email geeks. I've been in there since 2017, which is wild to think of, um, cause it doesn't feel that long. And I just kept going from there. I was r- really lucky to have you, a manager. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. Just, you yeah, mean yeah. the Slack chat? You mean the Slack yeah, chat? Yeah, the Slack. On Slack, email geeks. Yes. If you're watching, you don't know what email geeks is, go join email geeks. Best thing I ever did for my career was join email geeks. I have so many friends from there now. It's We could spend an hour with me talking about email geeks. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, at, at the Harold Grinspoon Foundation, I was really lucky that I had a fantastic manager, Craig, who kind of let me run with email a lot of the time. So I started coding up different templates and he let me run with design and we test things. Um, so I just built my skill set from there. And today I am at Pathwire as their senior email developer. I started there back in July and it's been pretty fun amazing um you know what yeah. so because you just mentioned pathwire let's like jump like eight questions down so what do you do <laughs> in your new role at pathwire yeah pathwire. <laughs> so at pathwire i am the senior email developer so i'm developing a lot of the marketing emails i'm starting to speak at conferences go to webinars be kind of like a developer advocate we're working Can on you speak to yeah. what is pathwire yeah. like i think a lot Path- of people okay. so yeah, i didn't so, know what pathwire was until yeah so i was like shocked like, i'll tell you the truth yeah but so I saw you you'll know pathwire. some of the companies that we that the brands we have so we're pathwire we were just acquired by this global company called cinch they're like telecommunication stuff they you know messaging and all that they're swedish seem like a super cool group of people i'm really excited about that about us being acquired by them um but you'll recognize our other brands so pathwire is mailgun which is all your api transactional needs mailjet which is like your small business esp visual editor it's really cool um, automations, yada, yada, all that jazz, and email and asset, which email developers tend to know really well. The funny thing is that I was interviewing with email and asset 
when they were acquired by Pathwire. So I ended up getting hired straight into Pathwire instead of on Acid. So that's how I actually ended up at Pathwire. So it's really cool to get now to work with all three brands instead of just the one. I have pretty amazing coworkers. We're hiring, come talk to me, join my team. Is so it yeah, or is it uh, fully remote? Office? Yeah, I'm at home in my office, 100% remote. It's flexible. Like my coworkers are, del- are a delight. I am just so incredibly happy here. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what do you love most about email development? Uh, one of the reasons why I really love email development is the challenge of it. I am the type of person is always the type of designer that I'm like really happy within a style guide. I don't like the world being too open to me. In that sense, I need like some structure. So the structure of email development gives me not quite a framework to work in, but it it gives me that structure that I need to develop in. So while something may work in Gmail, it might not work in Outlook or it might not work in AOL. And I love being able to like tackle those problems to see what the best solution is that we can get. And I just love the fact that then it, you know, it goes out into the world and communicates with people who want to see these emails. And, you know, we just have that back and forth between, you know, our users and our company. So that's really what I love about all of it. And like a little yeah. nutshell is probably another thing I can trying to keep myself from ranting because I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made it kind of sound like whack-a-mole, you know, like, oh, crap, uh, Outlook, crap, AOL, Yahoo, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not like whack-a-mole so much as in just like knowing. I think that's knowledge that you pick up over time. You pick it up For more sure. quickly when you have a community around you, which is, I think, what helped me a lot. I think if I was on my own, it wouldn't be as fun. But because there's a whole community, it it makes it more, I mean, that just makes anything more fun, but it makes it a little bit easier to fix these issues. And at times, it, it is really frustrating at times when you can't figure out what's going on. But that moment that it like clicks and you realize it, and then you know going forward is... <laughs> feels like a really special moment for me. You know, it's that I'm always on the quest for acquiring more knowledge. So it's like that feeling of that you now know something that you didn't before. For sure. You know, I started in, the, in development. You know, I've been a developer, you know, since like 20, I guess 2012 or so, uh, mm-hmm. 2013. Yeah, when we started, it was all about responsive. Like that was like the year of responsive. So that was the big challenge. I talked to about Anna about that a lot. Uh, it's interesting, like in 2017, like the Slack channel became the dominant thing. I think before that, it was Twitter, <laughs> for sure. It was like the Twitter geeks on. And, and, and it was amazing. What you're talking about is that everyone helps each other. When you get help, professional help, you're stuck in an issue. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. You're seeing a line that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And someone comes and says, oh, here's what you got to do. It's just like you have a bond with that person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's like the difference between me trying to do stuff back in 2010 and not finding any resources about why something is happening a certain way in Gmail. And that was the only email client I was testing on because I was in, that was my first job out of college. And I was in this tiny little marketing department with not a lot of support. Uh, I basically had to just figure out and kind of make it happen. So like the, yeah, the difference between then, the difference between now or even five years ago is really stark and like what emails can do and like even back then, like responsive websites were even just becoming a thing. And I didn't really understand it because in school, like we weren't talking about responsive websites all that much. Like it wasn't a thing from 2006 to 2010. I mean, like 2009, 2010 it started becoming a thing. 
So it was like, I was already behind at that point. Um, it was like a lot of catch up once I got out of school. But yeah, that's like the difference between then and being like, I don't want to touch email development at all to now being like, oh my gosh, I love email development so much. Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely like the career like swerve that I didn't see coming. Like I thought I was going to be a creative director. That's what I was trying to do five years ago. And now I am not a creative director. I'm an email developer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you think are the big opportunities in custom HTML that aren't available, you know, when you just use the WYSIWYG? Um, You know, there are plus and minuses to both. I think the biggest opportunities or pros to custom coding is that you can control your brand a bit more there. Um, You know, use the web fonts that you want, you know, do your support where they're supported, um, your colors, your spacing even. Like sometimes your spacing can get a little wonky in WYSIWYGs because they're a WYSIWYG trying to account for like any situation whatsoever where you're only accounting for like your situation. So like, you know what you can do. Um, So like you can control the design a lot more in that way and experiment a bit more. Like if you want to experiment with overlapping content, you can, or animations, you can, Um, depending on the WYSIWYG, the ESP can lint your code so like say you're trying to do any sort of animation and they'll be like, nope, not good for email. We're removing it like that. I used to not be able to do any interactive stuff because the ESP we used would just remove it all. So like that can happen. Um, WYSIWYGs also don't account for accessibility as much as they could. Like you can put alt text on your images, but you can't always style them. Another thing with accessibility is that coders do. And ex- email accessibility is really tends to be a bigger lift on the development side than the designer side. I mean, there are things designers obviously can do, but it's not, it's not as big as a lift for them. It, it's just like design principles. But like on the code side, you're, if you're using tables, you're supposed to put you know, your uh, role attribute as presentation so that the screen readers don't read your content as data. Like WYSIWYGs don't always do that. WYSIWYGs don't always, or for a large part, aren't taking dark mode into account yet. Like I would love to see uh, WYSIWYGs allow people to set their dark mode styles or try to do it for them maybe. Like you can control mobile in some ESPs a little bit now where they'll let you like reset your font sizes at least. Yeah. So like those are kind of the major. I'd love to see more accessibility stuff happen at the ESP level. Love to see dark mode start getting supported because that's still not supported. Um, It would be nice if they would let you, you know, like build an email in WYSIWYG, but then like export the HTML and then like, you know, okay, I want less padding here. I want to, you know, I want to mess with it, you know, but they won't let you do that. Yeah. They won't let you do that because they're, you know, they don't want to, you know, let you break your own email. Right. And you can control like your vertical like padding a little bit like they'll have like spacers that you can put in and stuff, but it adds a lot of bulk. Like the code also tends to be a bit more bulky because they are taking like so many things into account. Of course, that code is going to end up bulky where if you're custom coding, you can control all that. Right. I mean, have you seen like, you know, like Jay's code, you know, Jay Aram, he was was a guest on the show also. I see his code. It's like, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I had that moment with Remy sent me uh, something one time. I was trying to solve a Remy problem. Remy Permatier? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought he said his name wrong, but yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's one of those I was like, oh my gosh, is... your code's so beautiful. Remy, if you're watching, I have completely switched the way I code because of you. So thank you. 
Yeah, Remy and I have a lot of fun. Remy like, is like saved my life. I'm changing the way I code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been changing it up, uh, uh, modernizing the way I code a bit. Because when I started learning how to like truly develop, I was working off of contractors' already established templates. So it was kind of just like learning off of that. And my code was all very bulky because of the ESP I was using and their templating languages and stuff. So like. Right now, I'm currently like kind of refreshing and relearning the way that I do things, which has been a little bit of a frustrating but interesting experience. Right. We're getting there. I mean, like I still code, you know, when I do a code, I I do hybrid code based Mm on Nicole Merlin's tutorial, Mm which is what I learned in like when she first published it. And, but that was so transformative for me. Like, that's how I'll code. Like, that's the framework. And then, you know, HTML, CSS, and, you know, you can play with everything. You can pretty much do anything. But like I know today, like, yeah, like no one's doing that so much anymore. Like now, most because most things are respecting media queries, you know, people are doing mobile first. You know, yeah. there's always like these templates, you know, that are out there. But yeah, it's interesting. It's always like nerve for me, it's like, oh shit, do I want to really like try to rebuild my template mobile first? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. You know, like so yeah. it's uh good for you for you know making the leap and and being honest about it. It's scary, you know. It's uh, you know what you're doing. You know, you have your comfort zone, and then it's like, okay, yeah. now well, should we try, you know, picking up something else, adding more tools right. to the toolbox? Right. It's like how how do we expand what we? I think we always have to expand what we know, and it doesn't do us any good as developers to be like stubborn in the way we do things, because it'll change. And different situations call for different solutions. So it's good to kind of have a grasp on as much as as you can. Did you always want to do it in custom coding or like, did you try using the the WYSIWYG editor and then get mm-hmm. frustrated or like what basically drew you yeah. to say like, you know what, I don't want to use the WYSIWYG. I want to like code it. Yeah. Myself. So I've switched back and forth depending on my situation. Like for Mango Miracle Press, I actually used a WYSIWYG mostly because like it, a lot of it was a time factor for coding. And because that was, you know, like a side company I was helping run, We didn't have the resources. Like I couldn't fully test a custom code. So I was like, okay, if I do this in the WYSIWYG, at least I know it'll look okay everywhere. And we weren't doing anything like intense with those emails. Um, So I felt okay like using the WYSIWYG because you pop in an image and you pop in some text and like you're good to go. Went to HTML coding. I would say it wasn't really my choice. I mean, it kind of was. But when I started at the Harold Grinspoon Foundation, I walked into custom MailChimp templates. They were mm-hmm. using a contractor before I came in and they were using that contractor until they hired someone. So when I came in, I actually talked to that person about developing and like they suggested like looking into the QA programs to make sure everything looks right via screenshots and stuff. So it started with me really having to take those templates and just like editing them. And then I kind of just started getting into it because like it's the coding zone that like I'm comfortable with. Like I never extended, I never like went into full blown like front end web development. So it was like the HTML and CSS I was already comfortable with. Like I always joked that it was like coding in 2010. Like that's what it feels like. So like it was my comfort area. Um, So it was easier for me to pick up on. So just, and I just started then developing more and learning more and it just went from there. Yeah, it's why I think it's, yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but I find a lot of times that people get into email development aren't coming necessarily from like web development. 
So they're not, they don't have these like mm-hmm. preconceived notions that make it frustrating right. to code. It's just right. like, okay, this is how you this is how you code. You you know, use tables and that's fine. Yeah, like <laughs> HTML and CSS and that's it. And like, yeah, and it was, it's it, yeah, it was at the level of HTML and CSS that I already knew, basically. So like, I didn't come in with any like really advanced CSS skills, like using any crazy, you know, like pseudo selectors and selectors and being able to do, you know, all the different like fancy things that you can do in CSS. So it was like a perfect like, entryway for me. By the time I got to that point in my career, I feel like I kind of missed the boat in trying to get into front-end web development because I had previously spent like four years in, in graphic design with some like really, really light website development, but not really a lot of anything. So it was kind of just like my skills were at, I think, the perfect place to just slide into email development and start growing my skills there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about this next question just because like, have you worked with a lot of ESPs? You know, this question is, you know, what are your favorite yeah. ESPs? And I'm just wondering, have you worked only with MailChimp and, and you have to mention MailJet? Yeah, you know, not, <laughs> and I, I saw this question. I was like, yeah, you know, I actually haven't worked in a whole ton of ESPs. My, my biggest <laughs> knowledge is in MailChimp and at my graphic design job, um, I worked for an auto dealer group and we used like proprietary specific to the car industry stuff. So it was like nothing that would like carry over anywhere else. <laughs> and I wasn't doing a lot in there anyway. So I worked with MailChimp a lot, which I think was good for beginning for email development. They definitely have, I'll just say email developers are not their target audience. So I hit the limits there pretty quickly. I mean, other than that, I actually don't know a whole lot of other ESPs. I probably shouldn't give a favorite. I played around in MailJet and that's not just to plug like the product of the company I worked for. It is really cool. Something that's cool in there that I haven't seen in other ESPs is that you can send the email off to somebody like in the browser to look at and you can annotate right in the email. And it's really easy to make A-B tests, which I found really cool and easier to use compared to a couple of other ESPs that I've used. So I definitely think like if you're a small business and you you have just small business needs, going to MailJet and checking it out, I think is definitely worth it. All There's right. some cool things in there. Yeah. Good job. Plug in the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Plug in my company. That's not the point of me being here. <laughs> All right. What was the biggest challenge for you learning to code email? Oh, I think it was, it's really dealing with Outlook. And that's (laughs) how I found email geeks. Uh, The story I tell with finding email geeks is that I was desperately Googling solutions, I think for an Outlook issue. And I was in a forum and somebody happened to link to it. Like in like one of the, I don't even know how many messages (laughs) deep on this thread I was reading, but they mentioned email geeks so I joined. <laughs> so yeah, it's really just Outlook was the hardest for me in figuring it out. And, you know, there there are some like quirks to email development that I think you kind of take for granted that, you know, after a while, like, you know, having to make images a block element because of Gmail, having to use ghost tables and set your width <laughs> attribute because like Outlook 2016 is not going to respect a max wit. Um, you know, it's all the little things like that that you just like learn over time. Right, for sure. All right. So what was the most surprising thing you learned in the process? Oh gosh. I feel like everything's surprising when you're learning all the time. I think the most surprising is 
often when people, I think, ask for things and they don't realize like what they're asking for. So it's like when I realized you couldn't put video in email or like a form is going to be very hard to do in email. You know, those in like interactivity can be hard, though we can do more than we think. Um, that's like one of my big things for this year is to start finally diving into interactive email because um, I didn't have the opportunity to do that before. Uh, so now it's going to be time to really learn that stuff. Um, that's my next big thing. So Nice. All right. What are your favorite tools? <laughs> this is where I get to fangirl about Parcel. <laughs> <laughs> so for, <laughs> for email development, uh, so I use a tool called Parcel. If you're an email developer, get Parcel. It's literally the best tool for email development, like hands down. Avi, who I know was on here previously, um, is super embedded in the community, talks to people all the time. If you're missing a feature that's keeping you from using Parcel, tell him and he will probably build it. Sorry, Avi, I'm putting you on the spot. He'll probably build it for you. Um, <laughs> we yeah. recently actually partnered on a newer feature that he has called Components, which is great oh, for building. He built like, that for me. Okay. We, so <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, bunch of us probably talked to him about it because he, I got access to that back in like December and it was like basically an alpha and it was, it's pretty awesome components. Uh, I'm currently building a whole new email design system using it and it's just going to make email development like so much faster. Like, yeah, I can't, I could go on and on and on. Unbelievable. Um, right. No, it's true, an like... unbelievable piece of software. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And the components yeah. is like a huge tool. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because you could just pre-populate a piece of code so quickly. Yeah. Like yeah. You and basically I, take your piece of code into a form almost and just like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love how, and this just shows, <laughs> I love how like several of us will be having like the same ideas. Because uh, <laughs> like I remember Steve Campbell. Tin, is that his last name? Over, and he's in Australia. He had mentioned taking like components a step further and talked to Avi about like creating, I think like projects or something like that. Like some like sort of like templating type thing. And I was like, oh yeah, that was like gonna be my next ask. <laughs> like, how do we extend this further? Um, so I do love that like a lot of us are thinking along the same lines and then we all get what we want and make Avi build it for us. <laughs> Sorry, <Abby. laughs> exactly. like, like Santa Claus, right? Like, yeah, no. So for me, like he had, he did two things for me because we got the components. He was already developing components. So like I spoke to him, I have this problem. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. client, you oh, know, yeah. building these emails is like basically the same thing over and I don't want to copy and paste all these products, yeah. you know, and titles. So he told me like where, you know, how to parse that data, like basically yeah. a tool that will parse the, yeah. the page into JSON. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and, and in parcel, it'll take the data and put it into the, basically like. Yeah, so I've done some, I've done some really, really cool things um, <laughs> with, yeah, I've done some really incredibly cool things with components. And when my email design system is done, there will be stuff out there about it. Like I will share like what I did because um, it's really cool, especially the fact that I have to handle, you know, three brands using one code base. So like I have my, I have my first version just about done and I have it coded up that like I can just name the brand in my email and I'll just pull all the styles that I need in for that particular brand. 
So it's awesome. It's so awesome. And like my footer switches and my logo switches and my color switches. It's pretty amazing. So that's my most favorite tool. Um, Not to turn this into a parcel advertisement. I will now talk about my second favorite tool in which I obviously use email on asset to check all my screenshots to make sure my emails look good everywhere. My favorite thing about email on asset is really the unlimited previews, especially with working on email design system. Like with the amount that I've tested, just my version one, it's a one column template. Um, the amount of times I've tested this thing to make sure it looks good everywhere, I would have probably hit my preview limit on any other QA platform. So like the unlimited has been really key for me on work with working on the email design system. So I definitely recommend checking that out if you're looking at, uh, you know, different QA software. Um, so which one is that? that? Uh, email and asset. Email on acid. I'm plugging the other brand. You're working for... Because I work for Badwire, so I'm plugging my other brand. But I do like email on acid a lot. Yeah, Yeah, I did not previously use email on acid. I used the other one. But I do like email (laughs) on acid But every email does, we're talking about the other one is. Yeah, um. the other one. Um, (laughs) uh, But I do like email on acid a lot. Um, they haven't, you know, they obviously also have analytics. I haven't used the analytics yet. I'm going to be putting them in with the new email design system so we can get a better sense of where people are opening up our emails so I can know like where to further put efforts in certain email clients. And yeah, it's been really great so far. It's been working out really well. So those are the two main, those are like the two tools that I'm in every day is parcel and email on acid. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. Can you speak about clean code and deliverability? Do you know about the relationship between having clean code and deliver, you know, yeah, being a deliverable mean, email? My feeling about like a quote unquote clean code and deliverability, the code itself, I mean, deliverability is like a beast anyways. And by no means am I an expert on deliverability at all. Like my eyes kind of gloss over when we start talking about deliverability. I just know don't send bad emails and send to engaged audiences. But Like, and even just like that, like, I think it's more important to look at like your content for deliverability than like the code, because like your code base is your code base. And there, I mean, there's not a whole lot of like funky things as far as I know that you could put in there to like ruin your deliverability. It's going to be more like, are you spamming people? Is the content sketchy? Are you sending to, you know, a bot list? Don't do that. You know, and that sort of thing. Like if you're having... Right. Now we'll have, we'll have, we have deliverability people come on the show to yeah. talk about that stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have yeah. specifically so code. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Development and, and yeah, I don't, don't think about deliverability all that much when coding. Yeah, I leave that to like the content people. Okay. More so, yeah. All right. So, but now you have something to say. All right. So you recently no, gave a talk about accessibility. Yeah, so some of the highlights of that talk? Yeah, so in accessibility, so start off with a little story that ended up being about myself. So I came at, the angle I came at with this talk was less about like stats and ROI and that sort of thing. And even less about like, you know, someone perhaps being colorblind or needing a screen reader. I actually talked about a lot about uh, cognitive load. And how our emails can affect how people process information. So, like, for example, like, I have a learning 
I don't know if you want to call it disability or difference. I don't know if there's a difference between the two (laughs) words, but I have like a learning thing uh, called auditory processing disorder. And it's affected me my whole life. Um, Like I did not begin really speaking until after three years old. And I had to go through like intense therapies and I learned to speak using sign language and I couldn't follow multi-step directions. I still can't follow multi-step directions (laughs) very well. And just it, it makes it when you, are hearing things. And for me, there's a visual aspect to it. It can be hard to process what's going on around you. So a lot of my talk was really about thinking about how your visuals affect people. And the example that I gave and kind of broke down and showed how we could change it was there's this company does women's clothing called Third Love. They create these really beautiful visual emails um, they're because they're direct to consumer. Um, they're very heavy image based. Um, they use a lot of gifts to showcase their products, which most of the time works out pretty well, except in this one case. So in this one case that they did, they had this gift. It was maybe just about two seconds long and they had four products up per second. And it was a product, a regular price and a sales price. And then like each product was a little bit different, different color, perhaps a different style. So like when I opened up this email, I, my brain just like went, like what is happening here? Uh, Because I was trying to like parse this information. I'm like, what is going on? I'm getting out of this email. I'm not buying any of this stuff. So it's like, if you're turning people away with that. So like some, so there was like no consistency in this image and that like none of the pricing was grouped, which was one suggestion I gave, you know, or putting the, you know, grouping them by price or grouping them by item. So that all the same items were together. So it was like, if they grouped them together and like slow down the GIF, if they want to go that animated route, like it would have been a lot easier to read. Or even if they just went static image would have probably even been better in that case and not like the GIF wasn't needed. It wasn't adding anything to the email So, you know, they could have just gone static and it still would have been a beautiful email. So that was like the big thing I talked about. My other big takeaway for people from my talk was really, it was more about doing the right thing. A lot of times when I've watched accessibility talks, you'll see people start to throw statistics at you. You know, this this percentage of people have these sort of disabilities, Um, This is how much money you're throwing away by not supporting these things. And I think as email developers and designers and copywriters just across the board, if our goal is to communicate with our users, we need to be able to meet them where they're at no matter what. That's just accessibility should be baked into what I tend to refer to as your email culture. Like it should just be baked in because If you're not communicating to everyone that you're possibly, you know, trying to communicate with, then, you know, the other stuff, it feels kind of obvious, like then, yes, you're leaving money on the table. Yes, it's not going to convert how you want, because the bottom goal is to communicate with your users and your audience. So if you can't communicate with them, why are you sending the email? And I just feel like we don't see enough of that in the email industry. A lot of times, you know, people have said to me, well, the ROI is not there. Well, it's too much of a lift. And, and even if you don't have access to code, there are still things you can do from a visual perspective to help with that cognitive load, to help with reading, to help with screen readers and colorblindness and all of that. So it, right. I just, it's like, that's ground floor. 
table stakes. Even even like dark text on a you know you know on a light background. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes right. you know using images and and live text that's just not working. Right. Know, it's like it, and you know, and I think sometimes like it's letting go of like brand standards a little bit. Um, not totally, but just just a tiny bit. Um, which graphic designers probably don't like me for saying that. Yeah, and I just yeah, I just think you know sometimes you just have to say, is this the right thing to do? And the answer is is yes. And uh, and once you have, especially as developers, like once your framework is there, it's not a whole ton of extra. It's not extra technical lift once you have your framework in there. Uh, we all work from our own framework, so you're probably not starting from complete scratch every time. So yeah, it's just like make your emails accessible as much as you can, because like not everyone's a developer, not everybody has access to it, but just do do the best you can. Um, and that's really like what I wanted people to get away from it and for them to think about, you know, how their own email programs are being run and like, what can they do today to change it? Like what's something easy that you can do and then make the change. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Email marketers who run high volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success. And that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize, and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action-based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hilloberg.com slash ongage and discover what ongage can do for you. All right. So what was your biggest code crisis? How did you handle it? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. When I read this question, I actually wasn't so much of a code crisis, but more me not understanding at the time. Um, like simple programming principles of like, if I change a template and it syncs over to my ESP and I have an email waiting to go out, that email is going to change. I made that mistake one time where we had like our basic like template. Oh my gosh. We had this basic template, right? It was like our engagement template, whatever. Gosh, that may have been a two-bishabot email. And I needed to add an extra text block into this email for something else I was working on. And this other email was already scheduled. So in MailChimp with their templating system, like you can create blocks that you can show and hide. Um, But if you add a new block, it's going to default as showing. So when I sent out this email, I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was Tubishvat. The email went out. Just for anyone who doesn't know. For anyone who doesn't know, Jewish Fox is Jewish (laughs) holiday. Sorry. Side note, at Unspam, I used a bunch of Bernie Sanders memes. And I wanted to, like, crack, like, a, like, Zayde Bernie, like, joke. And I was like, there's exactly one person I know in this audience who will get this. So I didn't do it. Um, (laughs) The curse. Um, It's not really a curse. Anyways, so... And I had used my sample language for coding this uh, text block was from a totally different thing, like super confusing for anybody who got this email because the holiday email was scheduled and we had this ran. There were these things. There, it was for this thing called get together grants at, at um, Howard Grinspoon. <laughs> we were giving people money to hold like Jewish gatherings. So it was like 
this thing about the holiday Jewish spot and then, oh, get together with your friends, blah, 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 CTA, not related. I remember one of my coworkers like messaging me and she was like, uh, Meg, I just got this. And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> like, and it just was never a thought that because I made the change in my code editor, I was not using parcel, parcel I don't think existed at the time. Um, I was using this code editor. It synced over to MailChimp. And then because that email was scheduled but not sent, it could still technically be changed. Yeah, that was a big learning moment for me. I had a lot of big learning moments uh, at the nonprofit <laughs> uh, with email stuff. Um, a whole, whole lot. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, I feel like most email marketing <laughs> like slash, you know, marketers have, you know, stepped in it a few times. And mm-hmm. that's what makes them better. You know, because you yeah. know, okay, that happened to me. That's my scar. That's why I know not yep. to do that again. And it doesn't happen again, hopefully. Um, yeah, like that That never happened again. Like, because I knew not to, ch- if, if I wanted to make significant changes to an email template, I did it separately. And then I would sync it over after. Like until nothing was going out. That's what I learned from that. Yeah, and that was like, that was one of the bigger ones. Yeah, that's probably like, the that's the one I thought of right away. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. What are, let's go to the flip side. All right. So what are your proudest yeah. email achievements? Oh my gosh. My proudest. I mean. You spoke it on. That must've been a highlight yeah. speaking. I guess. Yeah. I guess you mean like in general. Yeah. I like wasn't sure here if like you wanted like me, yeah. like my coding stuff or just in general. No, I mean, I mean you can really, take it. It's really very open. It's really how you see yeah, it. Yeah. Like, know? oh gosh. <laughs> like the last six months, like since joining Pathwire, I've been in a constant state of like, what is happening to my life right now? Because like, I, I was really active in, e- you know, in the email geeks community before that. I was like trying to get on the speaking circuit, but hadn't been quite successful yet. Um, and as I was like switching jobs, I got my first speaking engagement, which was with Litmus Live. I did a recorded talk for them um, since they ended up going virtual. So yeah, it's like been in the last six months, like the speaking stuff has ramped up a lot. And just getting the job at Pathwire was like a really big deal for me because it like showed me that like I could actually do this. Like I, I was, I really wanted to start specializing in email development. I wasn't sure if I was like good enough yet, quote unquote. And getting that job like just meant a whole lot to me to be like oh yes like I can do this and I am like ready for this and it's just like you're there you're there you're there like I am am there and just like yeah and just like the support and the projects like there's I have another project upcoming that I don't think I'm allowed to talk about yet so I'm not talking about (laughs) it but I've been like vague tweeting about it and I'm like like ah I want to talk about this and I can't yet (laughs) <laughs> that's going to be like so cool. Um, I'm just like working on the coolest things right now. Email design system, this other thing, uh, you know, the people I've gotten to connect with, the speaking stuff, Jess, it's all been a very, it's been a very cool six months. So I'm very thankful for it, you know, during a time period where it's terrible for a lot of people. It's just like, it's nice after the slog of the last couple of years to have something good happening. All right. Awesome. All right, we're kind of like in this is like the wind down. Um, <laughs> we move away a little bit from, from development. But what? Are, who are your favorite brands in the inbox? Who do you like to see? Yeah, I'm pretty Spartan about my inbox. I unsubscribe some things really quickly, <laughs> uh, and then just go over to like really good emails if I need email inspiration. A cluttered inbox stresses me out a lot. Uh, but like, 
like Third Love. I really like their emails. Oh, it's funny because you, you ranked on them. <laughs> I did, but I overall really like their emails. Okay. Um, I overall really like them, but then it was like that one give. And that's why I'm like, I say this with love. Their emails are beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. I'm like, their emails are beautiful. And um, Olipop has some like really beautiful emails. Um, their marketing is pretty awesome. It's um, funny you mentioned Olipop just because I've connected with them and I signed up yeah. and I like their emails a lot. But I, are they like a national brand or is it just like an email marketers kind of thing? I mean, they're, I mean, they're they have a pretty good product. They do like the seltzer. Yeah. Thing. It's like healthy soda, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like, like a really healthy, yeah, healthy like gut healthy, right? Like. Yeah, their their director of I don't know what's Eli's actual title, director of customer, whatever. Um, he's a really nice guy. I've connected with him on Twitter. Uh, maybe that's yeah, how I found him. Job. Yeah, yeah, it's via Eli because of Val Geisler, and I know I'm just name dropping, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah it's like no, I they do up, a really nice job. I'm, I'm copying really like nice job. for my for my client. You know, like I really like the um, yeah, yeah. The their videos. emails are really nice. I like you know, really good email always has good stuff coming out. I mostly subscribe to like newsletters nowadays. Like, oh, interesting. Like long form content, which is interesting. Like, yeah, I, I get a bunch of those yeah, too. Yeah. Like, like newsletters, I really like, you know, I get anti racism daily. I get that once a week now. I went down to once a week for that for a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, their stuff's really good. We need to talk about this by Sarah Stockdale, who's also an email copywriter. She's pretty oh, amazing. Cool. Yeah. I check her out. She's a pretty amazing person. Life is a Secret Text by Rabbi Danya uh, Rutenberg is pretty awesome. Those are, and I get Motherwell, which is also a pretty good newsletter for parenting. I like them a lot. Those are like the newsletters I'm getting. I got kicked out of New York Times Parenting because they made it paid. And I was just like, nope. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to do which, that. I mean, people deserve to get paid for their content. I guess I shouldn't be so nonchalant <laughs> about it. Uh, you deserve to get paid for what you create. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, on retail side, yeah, you know, yeah, it's really like Third Love and Olipop I like a lot. They all could probably do a better job with like their alt text and that sort of thing. That's really my only complaint about any of them. Um, I've been going images off for a while. And to see. that's been an interesting exercise. Yeah, because especially with the emails, I didn't realize like the really, really big retailers use all dynamic content. Like I get Old Navy emails. And you get them like several times a day. So I ignore a lot of them. And it's all dynamic content, which I did not realize. And that explains how they push out so much. Like I never uh-huh. knew how these big brands like push out so much. And it's because it's all dynamic. It ends up. <laughs> so like with all the images off, there's literally zero text and all just a dynamic image on each one. And that's it. <laughs> and then I have to turn on the images if I want to see what it is. So yeah, that's been a fun. Yeah, it's funny. It became, you know, like when there was this like transition, I think before we even started, but Email and asset, I think, had this thing where, like, you could take your images and turn them into, like, like tables. So it became an image built out of tables. You know what I mean? Mm. They call it Mozify. Yeah. I don't know if it was them or someone else. Yeah, but there's, like, this tool that you could, like, yeah, that way, like, if your images don't load, people still see your image. And oh, pizza, yeah. Like the, yeah, there was one. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Pizza Ooh. Express. Yeah, Pizza Express. Own... I don't remember who tweeted at me about that one. Um, yeah, uh, that probably. One what's the name works on those? Uh, Jay Jay Orem works on those. Yeah, uh, that Pizza was Express a really emails, but old one. Yeah, that was a really old crazy. email. Crazy. 
think probably yeah. for Jay was doing stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I was interested. Check him out. So like, cool. yeah, Pizza yeah. Express images off. I mean, because so in that time, Gmail wasn't preloading images. Like right. a lot of places weren't, they weren't preloading they weren't images. Doing, right. They weren't preloading. Right. So, yeah. So like there was, when you open an email for a while, you'd see all text, you know, depending yeah. on your internet speeds and stuff. Yeah. So, so it was really important to actually that people see something, yeah. you know, yeah. like while it's loading. All right. Here we go. So what are your favorite email campaigns of all time? Oh, gosh, that I've seen or that I've worked on? No, they, I mean, you could say one of each, uh, you know, if you have a favorite one that you built. And then yeah, I don't know. I mean, one. oh, gosh. OK, I guess I'll do my recent favorite email campaign uh, that everyone's already seen, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. Uh, Action Rocket created Wordle in their email, which I thought was really Cool. I didn't see. Them. Oh my gosh! And I check uh, out their emails. They're really good to me. They they you know they give me hosts. They give me guests. Yeah, they give me love on so Instagram. Fun. They're so, very good to me. I I've never played Wordle. I just like know the basis of it. Oh yeah, I, I play Wordle remember. every day when I'm when I'm putting my baby to sleep. That's my Wordle time. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I haven't played it, um, but I remember Dylan Smith put out a tweet and was like, who's going to be the email developer who puts Wordle in email? And I immediately <laughs> kind of like laughed. I was like, betcha Jay's going to do this. <laughs> and the next thing I know, like Action Rocket puts it out. I was like, I knew it. That one was really mm -hmm. delightful. They also did one a while back where the email like looked all like um, pop-ups so it was just like all these images just start popping up in your email. And, and for a second, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I supposed to do here? Like, what is happening? And then like I had the moment that I was like, they want me to tap on this or click on it. I don't remember where <laughs> I was looking. I was like, boop. It's like, ah, oh, OK. And then, like Outlook got like this totally other different thing that made the email totally different email. Open, yeah, I've done that. Which made the people upset who like. <laughs> look at it in Outlook. Um, you should not be looking in Outlook. It's a, <laughs> right? like a marketing email, right? <laughs> that was another really delightful email. Yeah, they send out some really delightful things. Yeah, I, they experiment. Uh, you know, so that's yeah. like their their playground kind of. Uh, yeah. An email weekly, and you know, I really love their um, what do you call it? Their their Christmas email was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had uh, Elliot going down the chimney of Santa. Uh -huh, and, yeah, uh, all the every yeah, member of the team was uh, caricatured up. Uh, yeah, into the inbox. Yeah, that was great. Cool. All right, so now we get to shout out all our favorite people. So, who are your favorite email? <laughs> oh my gosh, there are too many. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there are too many. My favorite email developers. I mean, obviously Jay and Tomlin, who was on right before me and really, really amazing and has answered questions for me. So it's Jay and Mark and Remy, um, Stephen Sayo. I talk to them all the time. Alice Lee. Um, oh, cool. I can say that. So one, I remember before we, me and her had met uh, Litmus Live. It was the first time I went to. So I feel like I went in 2018 was my first one. And in Boston. in Boston, and she was at Shutterfly at the time. Oh, and cool. she did this session on interactive email, and it just like blew my mind away. I think that was like one of the moments <laughs> where I was like, and when I went to that in 2018, like I wasn't fully on board with email yet. And it was like, that was like the moment where I was like, oh, this is really cool. 
like ah, uh, like by like, the time I left like, that conference, I was like, it was like I was like just sucked into a cult. Really, I gotta like, do it. In. I gotta do this. right. Um, you know, once you go to a conference, yeah. you meet people. It's so different. Like it, it yeah, up and like level. even at that one, I didn't know or meet a lot of people yet. Because when I get into a situation like that, like I'm usually pretty like quiet. It's overwhelming. Reserved. It wasn't until 2019 that I went like, and I kind of already right now. And I can people. tell you probably had a similar experience to me because like I went to Litmus Live in 2016 in London, and I didn't go with anyone else from my company like right. most people that go to these things it's usually like a bunch of people from a company right right so they have each myself. other yeah. right so you're on your own you're like kind of bouncing around like, and actually ran into remy we talked about at the back nice <laughs> and i was like he was by himself and i was like so i was like oh what's your name remy i'm like remy parmetier <laughs> like, yeah. I, I gave him a hug i was like yeah it's just God. like yeah i you remember saved my life you know like it was my job yeah. i gotta make this email look like something and there's a giant something wrong with it you know i don't even know what yeah. it is so yeah let me get and like that. i remember having a problem one time and posting in the email code channel and like mark robbins came and helped me and i was like mark robbins is helping me oh my gosh and yeah like, now he's and if he watches this now he's gonna be like megan what's that um yeah he but, might be watching yeah. i'll tell you what he's uh, he saw the antomin episode i know and he's actually coming on next week uh he nice. just let me know right, right an hour before this interview you know he, nice. he, he linked That's in awesome. me uh, yeah. yeah, I asked him for last year and he said he couldn't because of, uh, you know, legal stuff or uh, permission stuff from yeah. Uh, Salesforce. Yeah. But uh, but then I saw he was on Humans of Email. So I was yeah, like, it was hey, a great episode. Yeah, he was on email. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, um, I can shout out like my favorite. Well, I love everyone. I want to see favorites. I love everyone. Yeah. I wonder what happened to Stig. I don't know, Stig, if you're still around. You know Stig? I haven't talked to Stig. Do you know but, who Stig is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he built all the campaign monitor tools. Yeah. Like yeah, people the bulletproof button and the background tool. Like, yeah. I use the list. I use the list.cm uh, all the time. Um, oh, okay. I didn't even know yeah. about that one. Oh, yeah. List.cm helps do, do bulletproof list list? things. Yeah. Which okay. I use as like a base for my lists, which is it's really helpful. Yeah. I mean, other favorite email developer, Karen, is one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, Karen, why am I blinking on your last name right now? Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blinking not, on I'm Karen's last name. I'm not sure who you're talking name. about. Karen's yeah, at Litmus. Oh uh, yeah, Karen, okay, I'm so sorry. Karen I'm, I'm <laughs> blinking on your last name, and I don't know why. Yeah. This is terrible. Well, to I be fair, we should shout out Litmus for something good here. <laughs> Litmus before. I didn't say anything bad. No, 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 but just before you know, I mean, though, you know, this, you know, we're talking to someone from Pathwire who's on the. Uh, <laughs> Levis is that other company, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Karen's like Karen's my, you know, yeah. the discussion yeah. groups. That yeah. was like, okay, I have a bug. Post it, yeah, yeah, you know, and, um, and get answers. That was yeah, amazing. yeah. Karen's my email BFF. We talk all the time. Um, she's one of my favorite people in the whole entire universe. Um, yeah, there. I'd probably be going on forever, just like thanking people. I feel like so many people, developers and non-developers alike, have like. I've just helped me so much in my career over the last five years. Like I wouldn't be in this position without all that help. You know, there's Jen Capstraw like encouraged me to start speaking. Uh, April Mullen is like always, you know, just someone who's always there to support. Um, Summer Oase is a copywriter, uh, yeah, email yeah, strategist. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like she's incredible and we chat all the time. 
And yeah, Hi. they're just, you know, Hi. Stephanie Griffith, you know, me and Avi are really good friends. There's just like so many, so many people. And like, it's just, wow. it would take an hour just to like list out everyone. <laughs> they're everyone. All right. Well, the community is awesome. Incredible. Check yeah. them out on the email, email geeks, uh, Slack channel. It's, uh, it's fantastic. All right. We've come to the end and, uh, it's really just final <laughs> thoughts. You could just say what's on your mind. Oh my gosh. Final thoughts. Go join email geeks and use parcel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> email is awesome. Come join us. All <laughs> so right. Yeah, fun. definitely. There's room for email marketers and email developers, particularly. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. There's lots of, yeah. What uh, Anne said last week is that there's a lot of work out there and um, so much work. Your help is needed. So yeah. uh, if you're thinking about becoming a developer, there's resources and yeah, um, yeah we're here for you. You get out of the community all, what all you put into it, come hang out. Awesome. All right. Megan, ba Meg, Meg Bosch or <laughs> Megan Boschhausen. Thank you for coming today. It's been a blast. It's exactly me. one hour. We're on the mark. Awesome. So thank you so much. I'll see you. All right. That's our show for today. Thank you everyone for tuning in. It was great to see eyes the whole way through. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, please reach out. You know, a special thank you again to Inboxing for sponsoring. And uh, there are still sponsor opportunities available. If anyone's interested in sponsoring, you can visit hilloberg.com slash sponsor. Mm -hmm.